hello and welcome to another edition of Archery Shack Shop Talk. I'm Jeremy. I'm TJ. And we've got the luxurious Mikey Johnson with us. How about it, fellas? Mikey, I think y'all have seen him in some of our videos. <clears throat> he helps us here at the shop. He went to the ATA with us and all that good stuff. So we're, we're bringing him along. We're bringing him along. We got some stories on Mikey. We got <laughs> some stories on him. Yeah, we do. We got a flat tire at the ASA. Few, yeah, few stories. <laughs> uh, what else? We got. <clears throat> here's my favorite. <laughs> I think we was at the R100, whatever year it was, 2016, 17, 16, I think. And Mikey and my cousin Joey stayed together, <laughs> and we went to the Japanese uh, steakhouse over there. And all y'all know, if you eat that dang shrimp sauce, it's gonna tear your stomach up. <laughs> it is. We barely, there was about 12 of us or better. Yeah, it's about 10, 12 of us. Me easy. and TJ were together, Mikey and Joey. But anyway, it was a mad dash back to the hotel rooms. <laughs> I'm talking about sweating, running, clenching cheeks. So we get back, <clears throat> and the next day, uh, Joey told us, he said he made it into the bathroom first <laughs> and lowered the boom and said when he opened the door, Mikey was standing there waiting, just covered in sweat. <laughs> And me and TJ had a similar occurrence. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's my favorite story. Well, it'd either be that or the elite back here. All right, let me tell a couple more stories. Or even the <laughs> indoor shooter. We got two, two good ones. One, I had an elite sitting back here I was working on, and I took the draw stops off to put it in the bow press. So somebody came in and proceeded i was talking to a customer they grabbed the bow from behind the counter somebody else and uh snatched it back it was joey <clears throat> and uh so i hear joey's and i'm talking to this other guy i hear joey say good god that's a lot of let off and i immediately knew oh shit so i whip around and he's got that thing and it is locked at full draw and i thought you gotta be kidding me brand new elite so the guy I was talking to left. Joey's still back here at full draw. It's been about two minutes. And he's like, what are we going to do? And I told him, I said, the only thing you can do to not get hurt is open my back door and just throw that thing and let her, whatever happened, happens. And he's like, I can't do it, but I can't hold it. <laughs> so Shane was here and he was like, can we not get him up on a stepladder and get it in the bow press? And I was like, maybe. So we, uh, we get Joey up on the stepladder He's at full draw. I'm trying to press it. Well, about this time, Mikey Johnson, we're going to shoot a state indoor shoot that night. Um, Mikey Johnson appears at the door, and we needed me to press it, and we needed two people to hold each limb to make sure it was in the fingers. So we're like, Mikey, hurry up. We need help. Oh, my God. And it felt like it was an hour and a half just because it was such an intense moment. But Shane hollered out, Mikey, where are you? And Mikey came in freshly shaven and showered and he was pouring sweat again as he come through that door and we got that thing pressed and it did not blow up but it scared everybody to death Our, it was so then we immediately leave and go shoot and it was just a night of it was a mess i prepared uh, for that shoot for two months <laughs> went home left here went home took a bath shaved was prepared mentally i walked in the door and it went all went downhill from there and then uh as people learn you don't get mentally prepared around here. You just <laughs> wing it. We was, we was testing you, Mikey. What was our other story? The 
<clears throat> I think the one with Griffin. <laughs> Griffin. And the toot. No, that wasn't the one I was going to tell. Was something else. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Crap, there's something else. Oh, okay. Here's what I was going to tell. First time I met Micah Johnson. <laughs> we had our first 3D shootout here. Was it 2014 or 15? Somewhere in it was there. About 14. <clears throat> uh, it and was 15 because. It was right. It, Vanessa, Vanessa was, was pregnant. pregnant. Okay. Yes, right. Um, Mikey comes out here, and we ended up putting people just kind of into groups. And at that point in time, we only had 10 3D targets. So I had a like a thing made where you'd shoot the 10, come back around, shoot them again. And uh, Mikey was drawing back with a some kind of handheld release, and it was like slow motion. I was just out there making sure nobody killed each other, <laughs> and I heard Vanessa start laughing uncontrollably and I look over there and I see an arrow going toward the moon and Mikey's like blood red like oh my god and the entire there was like 45 people here yeah. all in that one field everybody was like ah! <laughs> and I didn't know whether to laugh or cry I and hit it, that trigger and I thought to myself I'm like maybe nobody's seen it <laughs> no I turned we all around seen and everybody was I looking looked, at me and that thing was spinning in slow motion it hit the top of that tree way up there and it was like <laughs> And I was like, this is great. <laughs> but anyway. And that was before we videoed everything. Yeah. yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, we got Mikey with us. We were on the way back from the ATA. We hit tornadoes. Yep. <clears throat> we When we left, it was pouring down rain. It might have let up for five, ten minutes, the whole nine or ten or whatever hours it took us to get back. But it poured rain, and it poured rain. TJ's wife sends us a message about an hour out and was like, there's a uh, tornado warning. Y'all be careful. So TJ brings up the news station on his phone, and it's saying there's a tornado touchdown in the North Lake area. And TJ's like, where are we at? I said, we in the North Lake area. <laughs> <laughs> the only time it kind of spooked me was one time. We were just creeping down the interstate with everybody. Yeah, it was. And it pushed. One time, a big gust came and pushed the car, and it like lifted the shocks up. And I was like, "This might hurt a little bit," but it, it we didn't flip or nothing, so it was pretty crazy. Yeah, we got around the jockey lot on 29, and the cell phones alerted like mm -hmm. an uh, Amber Alert yep. does. Yep. Me and Partain looked at each other. I was like, "What's going on?" I it was said, bad We're in the middle of a tornado warning. It was bad the whole way. It was. It was something else. We're gonna start something new on the podcast. We're gonna do like a. Uh, we're going to talk about a product pretty much. I don't know what we'll call this. We need a little intro song where Mikey's like, this is a featured product. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we're just going to talk about some random products and see if we've had a few people mention it. So I brought the Fletcher um, Precise and Precise Pro releases with us. They are, for the money, a, a decent handheld release. Uh, the, the regular Precise has like the trigger to where you let it go and it automatically shuts so people the hunters like this because you can clip it on the on the loop and just leave it hanging there and then the precise pro has like a sear that you cock you know and then it sh shoots like that but they both have 360 <clears throat> uh, heads on them so you can rotate the head of them for the money they're not bad uh you're looking at what like 70 and 90 dollars yeah so <clears throat> they got the little thing you could put around your wrist if you wanted to but i thought we'd talk about these for a minute i don't even know if you've handled them yet i haven't this is the first time it feels good though there's that one i mean you can tell it's not a 300 dollars release but i think it would keep up with any hundred dollar 
or hundred twenty dollar release, you know, for the money. So. Oh yeah, budget minded archer. We've yeah. sold we sold a couple of them so far. You can move the trigger around up and down, and you can uh, set the tension of it and all that stuff. So I think it's pretty cool. If y'all need one, holler at us. We got a couple dozen in, I think. <laughs> that was one of the things. Some of the new releases um, we looked at at ATA show. You can't really adjust the barrel yeah. on the thumb, but on a thumb trigger a whole lot. Um, this one you can adjust it around, up and down, mm -hmm. front and backwards. I mean, yeah, you could do all kind of stuff. But like yeah, that. for the for the money, I think it'd be hard to go wrong with it. But check it out if you're uh, around here. Come check it out. If not, <clears throat> got a shop that carries them. Give them a look if you're in that sort of market. But we'll we'll pick something new every week, and just kind of throw it out there. And it could be broadheads, arrows, bows, whatever. We almost forgot the most exciting story of the day. Oh man, the Bowtech. Oh we we get a we get a message that says, "Well, let's just back, tell the backstory." <laughs> I won't say a name, but uh, guy decides he wants to change his peep out, and by changing his peep out, he's going to pull his bow to full draw and stick. An Allen wrench in the cam to keep it pressed. As he proceeds to do this on his Bowtech BTX31, it blows all to hell. <laughs> so ain't no easy way to put it. No. Nope. I got a message the other day that said need a string cable, all this stuff, and I was like, you know, drop it off Tuesday. So his wife dropped it off, <clears throat> and we get to looking at it. The cams are warped, and you should see. I mean, it looked awful. Strings were it like something out of World War Two, but uh. But we have it secured in a bow case right now. It's so bad. I put the string back on it, not knowing if it would blow when I let it off or not. And it kind of held. And we, no joke, put it in a big, heavy elevation case and locked that joker down. Because if it blows up, we don't want nobody here to get hurt. So I had to call him and tell him. And we're not a Bowtech dealer. And we don't even have one nearby. So he's going to have to. That's going to be a mess. Yeah, it is. He's going to at least have to have cams. And it's a questionable. It's hard to tell whether the cam is doing pulling it or not. But it's questionable whether the axles are warped and who knows what else so but we do think the limb survived maybe like i said we think mikey was hiding in the hallway <laughs> yeah that's another one of them stressful situations i didn't <laughs> want to be a part of that i got suckered into people never know the the situations of a bow shop till they hang out or work here that is true mm. i'm waiting for one of them uh string stretchers to go on me Every time I put tension on one of them things, I cringe. I'll never forget when we had the manual stretchers. Oh, man. And you'd have to manually crank them. And uh, one of the hooks, the hooks would occasionally straighten out and they'd blow up. But old Bob was helping us. <laughs> and Bob's a little squirrely fella, <clears throat> nervous looking fella anyway. And I remember he cranked that thing down and you could just see that hook opening up. And somebody was here and they were like, look out, it's opening up. And I kid you not, he dove into the floor. And that thing is, he was in mid-flight. It was like on a movie. Pow, it blew up and it was great. But poor little feller. Oh, man. Well, we got some questions. Yep. TJ's got them up that y'all sent in. So we will do our best to talk about those. This one comes from James on Instagram. Where can I get replacement limbs for my Bowtech Destroyer? <laughs> We're just talking about Bowtech. <laughs> well, that's what made me remember the. That's funny. Um, <clears throat> so they, Bowtech don't offer limbs for that bow anymore. That was one of the first bows where their limbs were giving them a lot of trouble, and it's just because they there that was a fast bow, and a speedy bow, and it just 
It's a solid limb. I have uh, ordered twice from Barnsdale. They make a replacement limb for it. The only down, it's a great looking limb. It says Barnsdale on it. It did lose a few feet per second on the bow, but losing four or five feet per second is not that big a deal knowing you've got a good solid limb and they warranty their limbs and all that. I think they were around 150. Don't quote me on that, but if you need them, look up Barnsdale. You probably just Google Barnsdale limbs and get a phone number and call them up and have somebody swap them out. But there's still a lot of destroyers out there. But it had a lot of limb trouble. Mm-hmm. So Barnsdale <laughs> is the way to go. Next question is, what's the difference between the Gen 7 and the Gen 7X Airs? You probably know more on that one <clears throat> than I do. Um, I know on the Gen 7X, they redesigned the the arm where you can now shoot it on top limb or bottom limb. No I think most of the limb driver to hunter models was only uh, top. You can only use it on the top limb. So with the Gen 7X, they now made it where you can shoot top or bottom limb. They redid. Um, it's got a carbon cage on it now. Uh, I wish I had it right in front of me because they did change something else on it, but I can't remember. I know the Gen... I talked to them at the show briefly. They said the Gen 7, you can still get with the bow-specific mount like for a Prime or for Matthews or whatever. They said they hadn't got them yet for the X, but it's coming, so... it's it's The Gen 7 in general, though, is a great uh, limb-driven drop-away rest. You know, it just hooks to the... You can hook it to the limb, to the axle. So what I really like about these prime bows is they got it's built into the outside of the axle, outside the limb. There's already a place to hook a limb cord, so uh, check them out if you hadn't already. Limb drivers got a bunch of good mm-hmm. limb-driven wrists <clears throat> either way. But that's the biggest difference between the Gen 7 and Gen 7X is you can run it top or bottom. And it's, it's like a rubber-molded mo- design. I think they're a little less than 200 bucks, but it's a good, good wrist. I'm thinking about running one myself, but we'll see. The next question comes in from Jim on Facebook. What's your favorite fletching jig? <clears throat> we were talking about this earlier was, was talking with, about this one. with MJ. I guess the rundown is, let's start from highest to lowest. So there's the very, well, I'll just give you the quick rundown. Fireknock makes a jig. It's got a laser on it that's super precise and all this stuff, but it's like six, 700 bucks. I don't know many people that has it, but I know like one person that has it. He said it's cool, but maybe not worth the six, $700. Then <clears throat> as far as what is to me purchasable, uh, Last Chance has the Vainmaster Pro. We got one here. <coughs> we um, We use it. It's super precise, but, you know, still back to the one vein at a time. It's got two little wires. You can adjust everything. You can adjust the helical, the offset. You can do straight, left, right, anything with that one jig, so it's it's great. The most common jig by far is the Bitsenberger. They run, I think the Vainmaster Pro is 250-ish. Uh, the Bitsenberger runs about 90 bucks with a clamp, I think. It's been so long since I've bought one, but uh, the Bitsenberger, so you got to have either the the right helical, left helical, or straight clamp, and then you can do some offset stuff, but it's got a strong magnet. It's just sort of the standard, what everybody's got or has used or whatever. Um, 
Then you got the Arizona Easy Fletch. That's about the easiest one I've by used. By far. Like that, hunting arrows come in here, and we can refletch them in, in I mean, we can, we can strip them and refletch them like in a minute, an arrow. I mean, it's quick. Mm-hmm. You just clamp it. It's got a spring-loaded thing. It clamps closed. You put this little thing on the top. You know, if you're using regular, like the, I guess you'd call it super glue, um, let it sit for 10, 20 seconds, pop it back off, it's good. So that's what I would probably recommend is an overall jig. And then you got cheaper ones. I mean, the Jojan used to be big. It's not that big anymore. Then you got like, I think we're out of them, but I had this cheaper Arizona jig. It was like 20, 25 bucks and it worked, but it wasn't ideal. And you had the boning one. You it said. works good. Um, I think the biggest problem I have with it is trying to fletch my target shafts yep. and they're, they're 26 diameter. So it's, it's not made for those larger shafts, mm-hmm. but a regular hunting air shaft, it'd be, it'd be fine, you know, and you got what, 20, 25 bucks in it. It's hard yeah. to beat it. It's just according to how much you're fletching, you know what I mean? If you're That's just right. if you're just doing a couple, one of these $25 jobs would be fine. I'd say if you're going to fletch a decent amount or your buddy's errors and all that, I'd probably either go. The only thing about the Arizona, well, I guess it's the same with the Bitsenberger, but you can change the clamp on the Bitsenberger. You know, you buy the Arizona, you're, you're pretty much getting that set up. So right. it's going to be all the time like a two or three degree helical right, left, whatever, but. That's what I would recommend. Feathers, the Bitsenberger wins by far, but there's yeah. not many people shooting feathers. I say Bitsenberg. <clears throat> That's what I've got and had forever. So. Yeah, they work good. Yeah. They do. That'd be my pick for my favorite, I guess. Our next question comes in from the area code 812. I'm having a hard time bear shaft tuning. Any tips? Bear shaft tuning is one of those things... Um, I think a lot of people get into it and then get frustrated, but it's very grip sensitive. So I've had people come in and say, I want, I want, I got the bear shaft tune this bow and I'm like, that's fine. But we get out there and I can just tell they're not doing a consistent grip and it's giving them all sorts of trouble. So I think for a lot of people it's, it's, it's too much. You know what I mean? I think, a Start with a paper tune and do that walk back tune is going to get your center shot perfect. But if you got to get into the bear shaft tune and the grip is something to really focus on the grip, the release, everything. Cause, and, and also people try to bear shaft tune at freaking 30 or 40 yards and you're, that's a mess, you know, do it at about 15, make sure you're not lobbing errors off into the neighbor's yard type thing. But a good bear shaft tune definitely makes broadheads fly better, but, it, to me, it don't take much with that grip, <clears throat> and it flings the air. It does a completely different thing every time, you know, and you want it to be consistent. So, I don't know. My advice would be stay at about 15 yards. Make sure all your errors are matched up good. Um, if you are into spine indexing, look into that. Make sure they're all – I mean, make sure everything is perfect pretty much, and then focus on your grip would be my advice. But – it's definitely doable by by all means. It's just, I think a lot of people read about it and just get out there flinging arrows and all sorts of stuff. You know, and we could do we could talk about this for a long time. You're taking your fletchings off, so there's a few grains missing from the back of the arrow. So a lot of people take and put like a strip of electrical tape, wrap it around a time or two to equal the weight of the veins and all that. And that's probably not a bad idea, but probably overkill for a lot of people. The walk back tune to me is the easiest at home do-it-yourself thing you can do 
and everything be pretty dang spiffy. Next question <clears throat> comes from a texture in the 853. Are you guys going to Vegas? We've talked with Mikey Johnson about starting a prostitution ring. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, I'm going one year, but not this year. I, I actually looked last night, the day before the Vegas shoot this year. So let me tell you, if you're watching, you may not know what we're talking about. They're, the biggest shoot in the world is in Vegas. There's about 4,000 archers. It's indoor, 20 yards, three-spot shoot over the course of about three days. And uh, it's at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And it's in, uh, when is it, February? I think it's February. It's February this year. I looked up tickets from Atlanta last night, and it was $133 round trip nonstop. And I was like, I ought to just book this right now, even if I just go watch. I mean, that's cheap. Yeah. Uh, Nonstop and everything. But anyway, I'm going one year. I've been saying that forever. For us, it sucks because it's so close to the ATA. It'd be two big trips back to back. But um, anyway, it's the biggest shoot in the world. They always have it on YouTube or I think some of it's on TV. It's worth watching, but it's the best of the best. They narrow it, usually narrow it down to about 10, 12 people that shoot a perfect score, and then they have a shoot-off. And it's, I couldn't imagine being under that much pressure shooting a bow, but they I, do it well. I'd just like to be there to watch. Me you know, too. Me too. Shooting would be for that on the cake. For that cheap of an airplane ticket, I thought we, we ought to fly out there even just for like a day or two, yeah. see their little trade show watch the shoot off come back but i mean at the same time if i'm going i'd like to shoot not that i, right. I mean i'm not going to do any good but just to say you shot in it yeah, would be neat yeah y'all have fun i'm staying home i <laughs> watch it on tv we can't get t-bob loaded up on the airplane so yep. i want to do lancaster one year too i think we can make that drive well i, I think yeah. it would be neat to do lancaster one year vegas the next year just yeah. flip-flop back and forth the only thing about vegas is getting the dang uh is getting the dang bows. I don't know about, I mean, I've never done it. I'm sure it's right. not nothing to it, but traveling with a bow on an airplane, I don't know with it being like a weapon. I know people have told me they put it in like a golf bag and just don't say nothing, but I don't know if that's legit or what. I, I don't know nothing about it either. So if any but, of our hunting friends or listeners out there, leave us a comment and let us know what the procedure is. Well, be, I know, I know Kim goes about every year now, so she could probably tell us what, yeah, what, uh, what to do but that'd be my only concern if i man if they lost a bow or you get there and something's broke that'd be a long way from home to try to be fixing something so mm-hmm. it's not like the asas we drive through and take half the shop with us <laughs> so we can work on it if we need to but uh i was going to look up lancaster lancaster is what two weeks before vegas it's uh it's coming up lancaster's this weekend this weekend is it okay yeah. i was gonna see it's at the spooky nook sports complex I'm going to see how far that is from us. But Lancaster's a super neat shoot-off. They, You can watch it on YouTube Live and on Facebook Live when it pops up, but it's worth watching. I mean, it's neat. they got all kinds of different classes, and then they shoot like head-to-head at the end of it. I like how they do the shoot-ups. Me too. Mm-hmm. the eight spots, top eight spots shoot-up. Yep, ten hours from us. So it wouldn't be no worse than the ATA. ATA. Yeah. yeah. I just know it snows a lot. Yeah. But was uh, it last year, the year before, it snowed real bad. Yeah. They, they canceled like the last it. day or something. Yeah. yeah. Who was it that got stuck? And Dan McCarthy. That's right. Didn't get to fly home and had to fly, ended up flying like straight from there to freaking Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. yeah. 
I know they were stuck up there, and I remember them saying, I remember seeing something that that they found a little shot that they went and mm-hmm. shot at and practiced, yep. and then they flew, I think, what was it? They got in like a day before they were supposed to shoot in Vegas? Yeah, that's crazy. So that'd be crazy. But anyway, so no, we're not going to Vegas this year, but. That's I'm, why he drives most places. Ain't that I think so. he says he drives? I think so. I think they're in Wisconsin or yeah. somewhere. Um, but man, for 133 bucks, it'd be nice to just fly sure out would. there. Besides the, you know, like Vegas or Lancaster, <clears throat> we started going to the Total Archery Challenge this past year. The only other one that kind of would be interesting, I think, is that Bowfest. Bowfest mm-hmm. would be neat. Redding would be neat. I, I think Redding would be a pain to get to because I think you got to fly and then still drive an hour or two and all that. But that guy got shot in the leg the other year. Yeah. Um, but well, out. it hit it. He had on cargo shorts and that big cargo pocket there. It hit his cell phone or yeah. something. In his I mean, you're talking bank. about luck or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Our next question comes in. Well, it was a YouTube comment. Um, what color is the new knock-on bow? It's like a, what would y'all call it? An OD green? Yeah, OD green slash... Drab green, something yeah. like that. Matte finish. And then it's got the Sitka subalpine limbs. Which looks pretty good, really. And a flow green string. We've actually, in a prime bow, we've got something very comparable. they got a ghost green. Mm-hmm. And we've got a couple with the subalpine limbs that don't have the green string on it, but sort of the same scheme. It looks sharp. They came out, Prime came out with that color two years ago, and like well, I don't know how many we ordered, but they could they wouldn't stay on the shelf. It was sharp. So, but that Dudley bow looks good. You know they make it in the 33 inch um, aluminum, and then in the Mach one. And from <coughs> what I'm, from what I've seen there and have heard. The, the aluminum one has a little bit more of his design into it because they didn't have time to do it on the carbon. So I think give it a year next year, he'll probably really have something yeah. he's thought out yeah. well. But And it's got um, the NTN for Nation mm-hmm. and uh, Flow Green on the limb decal. Yeah, it looks sharp. It, it, had does. The, it does. I think that Flow Green and then that drab kind of green just pops together. And that sick that sick subalpine. It was it's a good looking bow. I was told on the, well, I was told on all of them. They were looking at a two to three month ship time, so it might be a while before many of them get out. But we'll see. And our last question is: Do you guys allow all types of bows to be shipped in for tuning? We do. Um, you know, there's certain bows we're not a dealer for, but we don't. That don't matter because you know we're tuning them so uh but yeah shit we can take anything we we've had we can take crossbows bows i guess we can announce we got the the raven adapters for the last chance press so now we can press those tiny little ravens and 10 points and all that so but give us a little bit of time we've got a couple lined up that we're going to do that are local yeah we'll probably do some videos on them yeah and uh and then we'll start throwing that info out on the mm-hmm. on that of shipping in those but yeah, any bow any bow models fine. Um, we've had any model you can think of shipped in, even the weird stuff you never hear about. So yep. we pre we've had several shipped in here recently. We appreciate that, and just give us a holler. You know if we can help. Our the number to the shop is eight six four seven three five eight four eight four, and we can get you 
squared away. You wouldn't believe how many people call because they've seen this on here mm-hmm. and said either I don't have a shop within hours of me or I've got a shop, but they blew my bow up last week, you know. <laughs> so we can uh, we can remedy that, but give us a holler. We'll be happy to help one way or another. And then we have a lot of people call just to pick our brain for a minute and I'm happy to give out that information too. So yep. just holler at us. That's all the questions I got. We need a little jingle for each section. I'm thinking a little bell, you know, the old school. Bing. Yeah. <laughs> questions and answers. Um, well, we got us some good. We got some stuff in from the ATA. We did get some stuff in. We brought back some targets, which was a mess. Let's tell that story <laughs> oh, real quick. Man. So, R and W slash Big Shot. They're part of like one company now, but they make 3D targets and they make like block targets. The uh, last year we found out that R&W was selling most of the targets at the show for a deal. And I was like, well, crap, I already waited too late or whatever. So that was one of the first booths we went to because yep. y'all, we have 3D shoots out here. And, you know, if we can get a couple 3D targets for a deal, it helps us out. So I went that first day and paid for, they're sitting over here, a skunk, a armadillo, a javelina, a wolf, and two of their 18-inch targets, which are quite heavy. We'll have <laughs> Mikey Johnson talk about that in a minute mm. and john partain he wanted one so he bought a 24 or how big was it 30, 30 wasn't it? a 30 incher all right now i'm guessing that 30 incher weighed a couple hundred pounds it was on a stand on yeah. a rolling stand yeah. i don't know why i'd have paid the extra money they wanted just yeah, to roll that absolutely. Joker out. i mean it had a heavy duty metal <laughs> handle attached to it yeah so last he day got a deal, though. he got a real good deal the last day we go over there, you know, and we're like, all right, we're about ready to roll. We start gathering up all these targets, you know, and I'm thinking this shouldn't be too bad. Well, Partain took off. They were going to roll his target to the loading dock. It's pouring down rain. I mean, pouring. Well, they took it to the loading dock. I figured they'd have rolled it on out to his truck and then brought the legs back. Oh, no. They didn't <laughs> took them legs off and abandoned him there. You know, we had, what, a 150, 200-yard walk? It was a walk. A little bit further than that. I don't know, but. Partain grabs at his big target. I got Mikey loaded up with one of my 18 inches and a 3D target or two. And then I've, I've got, got like three 3D targets. Yeah. And then, so we all got armfuls of targets in the pouring rain. Them little 18 inches are heavy enough. It was bad. But we got out of there, got soaking wet, and got on the road. But it was it was bad. If um, they hadn't let us go out in the docks, we would have been in a mess. Yeah. Mm. I couldn't imagine that one. The little 18-incher... You know, it's heavy. It's heavy. You could walk, what, about 20, 30 yards, and you got to sit it down right. and kind of be like, all right. Partain had a 30-incher. I mean, just bear hug. Partain's a big old dude. He just bear hugged that thing. And, and then he threw it up on his shoulder. Yeah. But, but we got our targets. We're going to actually put the 3D targets out this coming weekend for our shoot. So we got a that armadillo. I can't wait to shoot it and that skunk. But at least we got us some more targets. I think – I don't know – I have to go count, but I think total targets, we got over 50 now total. Of course, we don't put them all out at once, but at least it gives us a good option. Yep. So, but that was that was something else there. Now I'm going to throw out my question of the week <clears throat> real quick. Um, what's everybody's favorite release, whether it be a handheld or a wrist strap, doesn't really matter. I just want to know what your favorite release is. I'd be curious about yeah, that. That's a good question. I usually... Just to talk about that for a minute, I always go back to the trusty wrist strap. I don't know why. I'm just comfortable with it. I've got on these handheld kicks, but I really think for me to shoot a handheld and get used to it and comfortable with it, 
I'd have to start late August, like right when 3D season's over, August, September, and shoot it, shoot it, shoot it all the way, you know, through January, February. Because I've went to them, and then a month later, been like, I'm tired of this, I'm going back. So, so I was having the same problem. So my um, what I decided to do was just get rid of all of them except my back tension. Yeah. So the only release I got to shoot right now is a back tension. So it, that forces me to learn yeah. how to shoot it. And if I'm going to be competitive, it forces me to yep. shoot it right, learn how to shoot it right. So I've got a handheld back here. But anyway, um, you know, I got that handheld, but I shot it half of the tournament season last year. I like it. Um, I don't know. I just. I just shoot a wrist strap better, or index finger, whatever you want to call it. I shoot it a little bit better, I guess, because I'm used to it. But I'm still going to play around with the handheld and, you know, play with it. And you know what I mean? I don't know. But I always go back. What will kill me is I'll shoot a little while with a handheld, and, I, you know, it'll be okay. But then I'll jump. I'll put that wrist strap back on and just start driving tacks. And I'm like, all right, I'm going back. But. At least there's a few pros now shooting wrist straps. You know, like yeah. Paige, Paige Pierce shoots a wrist strap. And oh, she changed. Yeah, she just recently changed. She's shooting oh. a blade, I believe. Okay. Yeah, shooting a blade. Um, Jack Wallace shoots a wrist strap. Does, yeah. um, I know back in the day, Dan Renner, well, later on, he didn't shoot a wrist strap. But for a long time, he shot his little goose, you know, as a pro and was doing well. So I think Tim Gillenham, I think he switches back and forth. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's something to talk about. But. The only thing I don't like about a wrist strap is I don't care what strap you got, it can stretch, so it's not consistent. Now it stretches slowly, but I've had them before. You know that I'll start out in like the third hole, and then after a year of shooting it, all right, now I need to go to the second hole, but it's not quite the same. But if the third one's too loose, and you just get into that whole mess. Yep. I don't know. I guess I just shot a handheld so long. Yeah. Uh, the last time we shot at Kiwi. It was frustrating. Mm-hmm. So we come back, and I grabbed your uh, your wrist strap mm-hmm. and went out there. Man, I couldn't – I just couldn't anchor it comfortably, I yeah. guess, because I've shot a handheld so long. So Our 3D season is finally here in South Carolina. I think uh, – I know when we talked to Shane on well, – that was a couple – that was a while back now, but – yeah. It's weird to me because in Vermont, their 3D season is like right in the middle of the summer for a very short time. It is. And for us, it's the opposite. I mean, we can, I mean, it's chilly this week, but like Saturday, we're going to have a shoot, you know, and the high's a little bit below 60, so it's fine. And then next week, I think we're going to be flirting with 70 a day or two. And, you know, so we're like, seem like most people around here will 3D like crazy from about now until... May. maybe yeah right right at may and then it gets so hot it's like everybody just quits yep um and i, I guess every part of the country is different but we only have two official state shoots in south carolina the one that it just happened last weekend i wish we could have went to it the three dot vegas shoot and then in march there's the five dot up at kiwi bowman we're gonna try to go to that but i wish we had a little more 3d or uh indoor to play with around here but it's just like everybody wants the 3D, and I don't. I mean, I like 3D probably I know, definitely the best. It's just I like doing different stuff too, but uh, not that much indoor in South Carolina. I'm not a big indoor fan. I mean, I like it, but it's just not my favorite. I don't know if it's what it is, but you know, after about especially on Vegas, what 
three ends in and I'm like, okay, I'm tired of walking back to the same target. I want something different. Yeah. That's just me. I don't know. I got mixed. I like it all. I mean, there's yeah. nothing I really don't like. I like field, I like indoor, 3D. Um, each has their pluses and minuses. Indoor, indoor is nice because to me it's a mental game. You know, I know I can hit that dot, but how many times can I hit it, that thing? And then 3D's got so much, you know, it's a different shot every time. And you got to kind of, you know, you'll probably, during the course of a 3D shoot, you'll make a few bad shots and you got to kind of recover from it. That's the way it works for me. Like, and usually at the end, I'm thinking, all right, I got a gun for a 12. It's just like a strategy game almost. And then field is kind of a mixture you know it's kind of like indoor but you get to shoot some long shots and now we got stuff like the total archery where it's like you know out to 100 and something yard 3d shots and it's pretty cool so i think we'll see more and more success with stuff like total archery the reinhardt shoots are successful it's more of a family don't care as much about score fun shoot you know so and i mean asa and everybody's still around doing well so i don't know i guess it's just whatever cup of tea you like, I like it all. Yeah, I'm just glad the tournament seasons in general is in, yeah. coming back in. Yeah, and I don't know how it works in other parts of the country, but like, it's a hardcore stop in August here. <clears throat> Deer season starts in September, and there is nothing from September, October, right. November, December, and then January is back green light. So I'm sure it's different, different places. I just got used to the way it is here, I guess, but. 3D season is here for us. Yep. Now, we have shot in the snow several times. We have. I'm trying to think. I don't think we did last year, but the year before, one year I shot in Georgia and Kiwi, Saturday and Sunday, both days snowing a couple of years ago. And then I shot at Kiwi several times in the snow. We've been to North Carolina one time, really snowing. <laughs> I mean, like two or three foot of snow up on some mountain. I remember we went with a good friend of ours, uh, Jason Law. Mm-hmm. And I remember... Looking like the Michelin man when I got out the truck because it was so stinking cold. I remember I was shooting a bowdoodle rest. It had two little prongs, <clears throat> and I had so much clothing on, I freaking hooked the prong about three-quarters of the way through. I hooked it on some of my clothing and bent it, and I made a shot, and I hit it in, like, the leg, and I was like, that shouldn't have happened. And I looked down, that prong was bent, and I was like, great. So I had to just kind of redneck bend it back up and finish, but it was a fun, fun trip. It was. <clears throat> it's neat. I don't really care for shooting in the rain. Remember that time we went to Kiwi? I don't remember, 2017 probably. And it was just straight up pouring rain. It was me and Mikey and I feel like about two other people. Was that the one where they had, it was only like a 15 target? Yep. That yeah. was me, you, Mikey, uh, Travis Haney. Okay. Uh, Daryl. Daryl. Okay. That's right. That's right. But it was just like, we knew it was hot. I mean, so it was okay, but... When you going in, this is going to be miserable, and it poured, and we were drenched and soaked. But we shot, and it was it was pretty fun. I just don't. Part of me don't like getting all my stuff wet because you know you're going to try to get get it wiped off, and you don't want it rust and all that. And then, you know, to a certain extent, <clears throat> that water is going to get into like the bowstring and all this stuff. And I think I know it was at Nails Creek last year, year before, when we shot in the rain. Last year, that was. Cause Scott and Tyler was with us. Scott, Tyler, Joyce, and but, Jackie. And I did the slow motion. You can just see when they shoot. Just You can look it up on YouTube. I got the video, but it was at Nails Creek. Just water just exploding off the string. I mean, it was it was just nasty. But 
it's different. And it's at least a story to tell and an experience. So it's fun. Yep. And I remember I'd been shooting pretty good all day. We went through that rain shower and all of a sudden I was hitting high right no matter what I did. I remember like I know my sights on. So I ended up having to aim low left to even get in the ballpark where I was wanting to aim. And then you got like, if you got a scope, you know, you get little rain droplets on the on the lens, and that's my biggest thing. With in the peep sight, you know, if you got a lens, and that's just it, just turns into a mess. And then like I remember, I had the it was one of the first or second year I'd put a light on my sight. I was trying to keep the the main part of it dry so it didn't like short out. You know, you don't want to mess up a hundred and fifty two hundred dollar light system in the right. rain. So it's just it's a mess. I think that's why I started carrying a little sandwich bag in my yep. stool just in case. Because I remember taking my scope cover and putting it over my my uh, little light box, or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, to keep it from getting completely soaked. But sometimes it happens. Control box. Kiwi, yeah, Kiwi was the only one I remember. We just rolled up and was like, we're doing it. And it was pouring. I was like, well, it is what it is, but. At least, it, like I said, that one was in the summertime. So. Yeah, it was hot. That was field hot. shoot I shot at Kiwi a few mm-hmm. years ago, I'd have begged for some rain. So that's what's so was bad. Miserable hot. That's what's so bad about South Carolina in this area is once you get past about May, it's scorching. So like, we go shoot 3D. We try to get there like 7:30. Uh, I'd get there earlier if they'd let us, and they normally advertise eight, but we there at 7:30, hoping somebody's there. But we yeah. try to shoot and be done by about 10, and we still soaking wet, sweating. Yep. I know. Last year, we went, me and Blake Foster went to Nails Creek, and that's what we did. We met at like 7:15, 7:30. He had just the guy just got there, and uh, we shot. And I was back on the interstate. And it was like a couple minutes after 10. I was like, "This is perfect," but it gets so humid and hot down here. It's the only bad thing. Maybe we need to become, uh, what do they call them? People from north that come to the south in the winter. Snowbirds. Snowbirds. Maybe we need to be the opposite of that. <laughs> Once about May hits, we'll go up to like Canada. Yeah. But Or we just find us a building somewhere with air conditioning and shoot indoors. That's true. That's what we need. Somebody fund us an indoor 3D range. Yep. Call us. Kind of close, though. Let's, let's say that. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying somebody that'll put us one right here. Oh, yeah. We'll gladly accept your money. Um, Trying to think of another Mikey story. Do we tell him about the R100? The R100. That first one he went to, and we come back. Oh, man, that could top top them all. Yeah, I'm I'm lost. Uh, You prepare Uh, yourself, Mikey. Prepare yourself. We go to this R100. Is this the three of us? or No, it's, it's an even better story. This is the year that he bumped with, with Joey, the first year that And you that took we your cousin. Yeah, Jake. And Jake, to start with, had stomped out your binoculars <laughs> or something. And everybody, I don't remember it all that well. I do remember it, but Shane and them always laugh about it and said, you went off on him. Something about him and Griffin run off with your binoculars and they stomped on them or something and broke something. something. I don't remember. But anyway, we walked Mike around about 14 miles. And then longer than that. we received word that Monday that he's in self hospital oh, yeah. with congestive heart failure. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. It was a mess. So they had to do a freaking 
cardio version. Tell him about that experience. Man, it felt like being kicked by a mule. <laughs> and shock him and get his heart back in rhythm. But And then, I probably shouldn't go further. I was going to tell him about the vest you had to wear. He had this vest he had to wear. I just remember us going to the ASA like the what was it like a month or two later? It was a car. Yeah, three had, months because I had to wear that thing for three months yeah. and I was right on the end of it. Yeah, yeah, because I remember, I remember us saying, "Mikey, where's your vest at?" And he's like, "I don't have to wear it tomorrow." No like, you ain't up. Your time ain't up. I wasn't gonna tell that part. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went there. You um, know, being out on an ASA course and that thing start going off. Mm. I don't know what would affect somebody more, just hearing that or seeing me running through the woods trying to jerk that thing off. <laughs> Man, I forgot about that. I need to, I need to like write down all these stories because I can't have to remember stuff. But maybe somebody would, maybe we call it the Archer Shack Memoirs or something like that. <laughs> well, we could write a hell of a book already, <laughs> believe yeah. me. Between this and Bucks and Bass, good lord. Oh man, it'd be a several volumes. Mm-mm-mm. But, but anyway, we'll get off here and uh, let y'all quit listening to us. But yep, thank you for listening. We'll we'll do another product type thing next week at the beginning of the podcast. We're just going. I mean, you you feel free to tell us something. I mean, ultimately, we're probably just going to grab stuff that's in the shop and talk about it or let you look at it. If anybody were to have something you wanted to ship in and have us kind of chat about it on here for a few minutes or. Even, you know, if, if you make it and want to come in and be on here or call in or whatever, or we're up, that's fine. Yep. Uh, we just thought it'd be interesting to do some stuff like that. But for the near future, we'll probably just grab random stuff that's in here and do that and uh, give us a call if, if you have a, something you want to send or bring in and chat with us or whatever. We'll be happy to get you on here. But uh, uh, questions, I'll throw this out there. I don't think I've said it yet. If you got questions for the next podcast there's a couple ways you can just comment if you're watching on youtube uh you can text it in at 843-560-9898 facebook messages look up the archery shack um you can call us to the shop directly 864-735-8484 i think there's any social media you can send us a message so yeah. people send instagram and twitter and everything else so if you're listening to this this week which is January, today, we're in mid-January, um, January 25th, this Saturday, 2020. We're having a 3D shoot out here. Come join us. going to be a sort of a fun thing. 20 targets. We're doing trophies. We're doing $100 to the high score, overall high score. Uh, I think we'll have a decent crowd. It's supposed to be good weather, so come join us if you're local. Good and time. I think it will be. I think it will be. Hopefully, last year we kind of dropped the ball on some of our 3D shoots. We it was did. Just, it was just too busy working on bows and strings and everything we do. But we've got extra help this year, but so we're we're gonna try. Not only that, but every time we plan to shoot, it rain, rain, it rain, 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 rain every time. So we and I hate this weekend. There's another shoot at Tab. We're gonna try to hit Sunday. I hate trying to book a shoot on top of somebody else, but it was. Like the next several weeks, there's a local shoot somewhere else. So I was like, well, we'll just we'll just go for it. And then we're still planning to go shoot there on Sunday. It's just a one day deal, so it is. Yeah, I don't think it's too bad. I don't think it's hurting mm-hmm. them or anybody. So, but yeah, come shoot with us. We have a lot of fun. We've had people drive from North Carolina and of course Georgia and everywhere to come shoot. So, um, I'm we're t- testing out that little hundred dollar 
overall high score thing just to see how that works out if it works good we'll keep doing it if, if nobody really cares then we'll do something else but yep thank you for listening thank you for being with us on this one mikey absolutely i can't believe we hadn't had mikey on here before but uh we were going to record one and mikey was here and i was like hey you want to be on here yeah. so thank you for being here no problem yep. thank it. you and we'll see y'all on the next one see y'all